There is no greater message than that Jesus saves, especially to the ones who realize that they're drowning, realize that death awaits. Jesus saves. To be saved, realize he saves, you got to believe he's the only one that can save. Uh, he's not the Savior plus your religion. He's the only Savior. There's nothing else that can save. There's no one else that can save but the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything that takes uh, away from the Lord Jesus Christ is a lie. Any religion that takes away from the Lord Jesus Christ is a false religion. Amen. Our goal here is to lift him up as he's the only Savior. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. Did you see all of our ushers this morning? They did a great job. Everybody give them a hand. We had an usher everywhere. Ushers, I put ushers out front, ushers in the basement, ushers. I mean, they were everywhere. Thank God for the ushers, amen. They're ready to serve this morning. We've got some great people in this church. Thank the Lord for everybody here. And I'm excited, pray for you guys, and I'm excited to see how God is going to use everyone here. Nobody, nobody is meant to be, uh, I used to play football, and now I was a starter, and I always uh, was thankful that I started, because I could have easily been on the sideline, uh, but I thank the Lord I wasn't on the sideline, amen? When we had a mud game, I was covered in mud, but there were those who were clean, looked like they just got out of the dry cleaners. And uh, they never got to touch the ball when it was a serious game. Only when we were blowing a team out, they got to get put in. But listen, the Lord doesn't want anyone to be on the sideline. We're all built to serve our king. And you say, well, I'm no no servant. And Jesus said, let the greatest among you, let him be your servant. There is no greater uh, feeling of accomplishment than to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, as uh, I served you, you go serve, serve me, serve others. Matthew 27, when you find it, let's stand. We're going to be in verse 41. Our Savior, he went not only the extra mile, but he went to the furthest extent of eternity uh, to make sure that we were saved to the uttermost. And when you got saved, hopefully you're saved today, A lot of people are confused about what salvation is. Uh, There's no confusion there. You're letting the Spirit of Christ in. That is all. Amen. Realizing He's the only Savior. Uh, Realizing your need of salvation. Realizing you're a sinner. Realizing you need to be saved. Asking Christ to save you. And the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth. And then with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Some people hits here, but they never, it never reaches there. And uh, it, it just forms a mental belief in Christ versus a heart's belief. And that's what we need is the heart belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's called faith. Placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord knows how 
we work, uh, we got to get it out with our mouth. You ever do somebody wrong? What's the hardest thing to do? Say you're sorry. It's easier to buy them chocolates or present or flowers. Oh, I bought this for you. Why'd you do this? Why? Well, I, I uh, accidentally ice picked your tire. <laughs> hardest thing to do is look them in the eye and say, I'm sorry. God knows this is linked to here in a special way. And uh, we need to get saved, amen. Anyone in here not saved, let it be today. Let it be today. Verse 41 above says, Likewise also the chief priests mocking him, they're mocking Christ on the cross with the scribes and elders, uh, said he saved others. He saved others. He healed the blind, the lepers, the man, the palsy, the crippled. He forgave. He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, if he be, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Who were these speaking? These were the chief priests. These were the scribes. These were the elders of Israel. The Bible says he came unto his own, but his own received him not. Let's open a prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we will receive you. Lord, in our life, and our hearts, may we look to you as our Savior, our God, the Son of God. Lord, I pray that you would help us all, Lord. Open our hearts. Lord, let us not have some form of uh, knowledge of you. Let us have faith, true faith, that can move the mountains. Let us have that faith that, Lord, is uh, powerful, that can reach heaven, that can part the waters. Lord, I pray that you'll be able to call on us at any time and be willing and ready to do whatever you would have us do. Lord, I pray you'd uh, touch hearts this morning. Bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. The scribes. Uh, the Lord suffered a horrific suffering uh, for us. The Bible says that he bore in his body all the sufferings, that he may be able to understand what we go through. Uh, he was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. Uh, I, don't, I don't listen to any of the documentaries or anything that has to do with my Savior. I don't listen to any of it. I get what uh, I need to get from, from the Word of God. Amen? Uh, there's no one that's going to introduce me uh, to my Savior but the Savior himself. Uh, I don't need the world telling me or history telling me about my Savior. Amen? I'll get it from the Word of God. I'll get it right from the source. I'll get it from God himself to tell me uh, who he is, uh, what he looks like, uh, how he acted. And amen, he was yet without sin. He was without sin, yet he was tempted. Why was he tempted? 
uh, the Lord didn't have a lust. Our flesh is full of lust, the Bible says. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And the Bible says, when that a lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. But Jesus was tempted in all points. Uh, the, God himself could not sin. God was perfect. Uh, God's holy, and he cannot sin. Uh, man was not born or created uh, perfect. We were created innocent. Uh, if we were perfect, we wouldn't have been able to sin. But we did sin, amen? Uh, now we're bo just born plain old sinners. Uh, but thank God I was born again, and now I'm a sinner that's saved by grace, amen? Hallelujah. Uh, but God himself, he was born, the Bible says in Philippians, in, in the likeness of sinful flesh. But he didn't have any sin. John tells us that in him was life, and the life was the light of men. They knew, they knew uh, that the Son of God, uh, they can tell that there was something different about only this one man that walked the earth. And they missed it completely, that all the prophets, Moses and all the prophets and the Psalms uh, would tell of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior. All the prophets would preach about the, the uh, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. All the prophets would tell, uh, and uh, when the priest at the, the temple would form the sacrifices, would kill the lamb for the sins of all men of Israel, they would uh, preach that one day the Lord himself shall come and be the lamb slain once and for all for all the sins of mankind and forever. Amen. That's our Lord. He was tempted in all points, yet without sin. And here at the final last breaths, the Lord Jesus Christ was only on the cross for but three hours. And yet he still had to endure such mockings. He was put to an open shame. You know that? They stripped him naked and put our Lord on the cross. Why would he endure such things? Did he have to endure that to... Uh, Spill his blood for you and me? There could have been some other way. But he bore the ultimate for us. The ultimate. He went to the furthest extent that nobody can say, Lord, you don't know how I feel. That nobody can say, Lord, you don't know what I'm going through. Can we say, God, you don't know what it's like to fall into sin? Did God ever fall into sin? No, he didn't. Can we say then, God, you don't know what it's like to fall into sin? Oh, for sure he does, yet without sin. You see, we enjoy the pleasure of our sin, but God bore the shame of our sin. And he knows what it feels like, and so do we. The shame, uh, the feeling of the guilt, the feeling of that we've done wrong against Almighty God. But Jesus himself bore all shame on the cross for you and me. Surely he does. He knows uh, the feeling of falling into sin because he bears the shame. Where do you think your shame goes when you go to Christ and he forgives you? The moment you get saved, the Bible saves you and your sin is gone. 
Where did that sin go? Is it just a myth? Is it just a feeling? Oh, no, it's not no feeling. It's a weight on your soul. And when your soul is made alive, that sin is gone. Past, present, and future. Where did it go? It was washed by the very blood spilt on Calvary. Where did that shame go that made your head hang low and, and made you not been able to get up and, and lift your face up and have some a decency back in your life? Where did that shame go? The shame that your sin brought that nobody knows about. Where did that shame go? Oh, the Lord Jesus Christ bore it on the cross for you. That when, if any man sin, he hath an advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How is it that we have no shame? Because Jesus bore that shame on the cross for us. He hung there naked in an open shame. And the Bible says they uh, sat by the cross here just mocking him. Mocking him, and he endured it all for you and me. That we can wallop in our sin? No. That we can sin freely because we have grace? No. That we can have life and that we may have it more abundantly. Jesus didn't have to bear uh, that mocking for himself. No. Jesus didn't even have to spill that blood. He did it for you and me. That he may gain all men and that sinners may come freely and not have to go to any priest. For when the Bible says it is finished, that veil of the temple was ripped from the top to the bottom, abolishing the priesthood once and for all and forever. And no need of man ever interfering with our relationship with us and God. We can come boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy in that time of need. Behind that veil of the temple, there was a judgment seat. No. It was called the mercy seat. It was always mercy with God. For God delighteth in mercy. And we need mercy today. Mercy. Mercy. Mercy is for the criminal. Mercy is for the convicted. Mercy is for me. Mercy is for the sinner. The scribes here. The Bible says in verse 41, Likewise also the chief priests. The chief priests... They were the top religious people of Israel. They were the chief priests. They weren't the lower priests. They weren't priests in training. They were the chief priests. Now, the priests of the Old Testament, they were only a figure of what was to come. Our chief high priest, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but the people, uh, it got to their head. They started thinking that this is not no figure of what's to come. This is how it is to be done. This is how we're going to live. And they formed this religion around traditions, formality, and so is the way of all mankind. But God never formed a priesthood, but only to represent one day God himself coming, to give his blood once and for all. Every lamb that was slain that the priest would sacrifice and put on that altar, 
there was to be a prophet of God preaching. First with Moses and Aaron. And Moses was preaching away that the Lord Jesus Christ would come. And that lamb right there only symbolized the blood of Jesus Christ. Eventually, he got to the point that the priest would kill the prophets of God so that they can sacrifice to the false gods. And that's how it is. If we do not keep Christ in the picture, we would be ultimately just a false religion, a false idol, worshiping the gods of this world and the gods of our heart. But there's only one true living God, and that God died on the cross for us and gave us life, not just life, but abundant life. But these chief priests were mocking him. They said, uh, if he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. What would you believe? What would you believe? Haven't you read the scriptures? The scriptures, and if you want to turn there in Luke... Luke chapter 24, verse 44. Luke 24, verse 44, the Bible says, And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. That's the whole Old Testament. Christ from beginning to end was preached. How he would be born, his death, burial, and resurrection. What would you believe, chief priests? Christ never said that he would go on a cross just to come down. You wouldn't believe in him. He said, let him come down from the cross and we will believe him. You wouldn't believe him, for he spake that he needs must die and rise again the third day. They wanted a dead Savior, that they themselves might be gods on earth. One of the biggest lies from the beginning, the devil told Eve, you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Isn't that why we push God out of our life? Isn't that why we don't want to hear the truth? I'd rather not hear that I have a cavity because I do not like the dentist. I'd rather believe that my mouth is okay. I'd rather believe that every uh, tooth is pearly white and cavity-free and will be till the day I die. Don't you wish you got a new set of teeth at the age of 50, 60, whatever, Right? I got my new teeth coming now. You get baby teeth, they shed right away, and you got to keep those teeth to the day you die. That's a long way. That's a really long way. But me believing something and truth is two different things. Just because you believe it doesn't mean it's true. Just because you were taught it doesn't mean it's true. Truth is truth. And as Pilate asked, what is truth? Pilate was looking at him. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father 
but by me, he said. The chief priest said, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. Oh, no, they just wanted to have control of God himself. They wanted to have control of the scriptures. They wanted to dictate to God how it should be done. They would not believe him. They questioned Christ before. They said, we don't know about Abraham. We're followers of Moses. When Jesus proclaimed himself as almighty God, the I am. Before Abraham was, I am. The Pharisees, they got infuriated and said, we're followers of Moses then. Jesus said, if you were followers of Moses, you would believe me because Moses spake of me. Moses was the preacher, the prophet, and Aaron, his brother, was the high priest. And Aaron, all he did was kill that lamb and put the blood on the altar while Moses was preaching away to the people. This blood is, it's the animal can't take away sin. It only represents Christ, who is the covenant. Next you had, you had the chief priests. Next you had the scribes. The scribes, they represented the wise and the intellectual. The intellectual and wise of this world. The Bible says the world by wisdom knew not God. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and their foolish heart was darkened. You see, especially today, uh, in the realm of technology and science, God is just mocked, almost as an old concept. But scribes, you can't hide your shame or your guilt or your darkened heart or your empty soul when you lay your head on the pillow at night. You can't hide the sin that eats away at your conscience that nobody knows about. You might profess yourself to be wise, but God will remind you're just a fool. Because death awaits you, as death awaits every man. But they said, let him come now down from the cross, and we will believe him. Death is the greatest enemy, and it awaits every man. Next, you had the elders, the political crowd, politicians, those who feel as though they have power to control the tides of this world. God gave power to Satan to control the tides of this world. And Satan does. He's the prince and power of the air. Controls all the tides of the music, of the styles, of the sin that eats away and beats at the door of our lives. He tempts us at night. Tries to get us to forget that we have a risen Savior. That we were saved only by grace, through faith, and that not of ourselves. It just was a gift of God. And those gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And we'll never lose that salvation because it was given unto us. They said, come down, then we'll believe you. Believe in what? 
what would they believe? Would they believe that Jesus uh, can get down from a cross? Would they believe uh, that there was no need of any other sacrifice? Would they believe, and as they've already convinced themselves, that their religion could take away sin? Oh, they can't believe that. For their own heart condemns them, as does ours. These three represented death. They represent bondage. All the bondage that we can get ourselves in. This last temptation that the Lord went through, although he wasn't tempted to get down from the cross, the Bible says he endured it. He despised the shame, but he endured it. The Bible says that our names were graven on the palms of his hand. Every nail that went in, he laid it down. They drove the nail in. The other soldier came. The other guys, they, they had to force the arms down, but our Lord said, there you go, son. Here's the, here's the nail. Go ahead. Put his feet down at the end of the cross. And he laid down his life, the Bible says. As a lamb dumb brought to the slaughter, so he opened not his mouth. Willingly, the Son of God came to die for you and me. The last temptation that he went through, the last trial was the mocking, was the shame, and he bore it for you and me. Let him come down now. The Bible says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. You can't find life anywhere on this earth. A new job, that's going to give me a better life. If I hit the lottery, I'm going to get a better life. If I get these bills paid, I'll have a better life. And every part of our life, we find a new weight, a new trial, a new heartache. With every achievement we have comes a new heavy responsibility. And there's no way out in this life. They turned to Christ and said, if you come down, then we'll believe you. Be like us down here. We have control of everything. And death awaited them. But the Bible says in John chapter 1 that in him was life, and the life was the light of man. You couldn't kill the risen Savior. You can't kill God. God is life. And in him shone, even in his death, the glory of God shined bright to where the Bible says when he gave up the ghost, when he said it is finished, the veil of the temple was ripped from top to bottom. There was a centurion standing far off. Looked at him when he died and said, surely, surely this was the son of God. In his death, there was life. Life is in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't kill God. God had to lay his life down for you and me. And through his death, we shall live. Through his death, we have life. And we will have it more abundantly.
Thank the Lord he didn't come down. He bore the shame. You ever bear shame? You'll find out shame is, comes from sin. All shame stems from sin. That's why most sin is done behind closed doors. Most sin is not talked about because we're ashamed of it. Where does that shame go? Can't hide it. Sin is like a fire. See, I could hide the fire. The Bible says you put fire in your bosom, put it under your coat. You might be able to hide that fire for a little bit, but you can't hide the smoke. And you can't hide the pain but so long that fire eating up your life. Then comes the shame. The fruit of your sin is the shame. Jesus never sinned, but he certainly knows what it is like to sin, for he bore our shame on that cross. Where does our, our shame go when we ask Christ to forgive us for our sins? The moment all of our sin was wiped away, clean, my conscience was clear. Even if I murdered somebody, my conscience is clear. Why? Because before God Almighty, I stand justified. And he's the righteous judge of all the earth. Before God, I have no shame. Why is that? Because he bore it for me on the cross. When he hung there naked, beaten and mocked, that was for me. That was because of my sin. Do I get to enjoy my sin now? No. Because it put my Savior on the cross. And it gives me hope get back up. Lord, you bore this for me. May I never do it again. Forgive me. May this be the last time. But he said, seven times 70, I'll forgive you. He knew every time. What about the suffering that we go through in life? There are some people who've suffered greatly, been through some heartache, been through some pain. Say, Pastor, I don't know. You'll never know what I've been through. I'll never know, but Jesus does. There's people who have been brutally abused and hurt as children, brutally abused and hurt as adults or teenagers, uh, mentally, physically, emotionally. I will never know. I've been through some things, but there's always someone who has been through worse. But our Lord Jesus Christ went the eternal mile so that he can just understand you. He went above and beyond the suffering of mankind so that nobody can say, Lord, you don't understand what I've been through. All he understands. He understands greatly, and he wants to take it from you. He said, cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. Take my yoke upon you, for it is light and easily to bear. And you shall find rest even unto your soul. The sufferings of Christ was for our suffering. The shame of Christ was because of the shame of our sin. The temptations of our Lord was for every trial and temptation that we go through. We're going to close with this verse. The Bible says in John 1.12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, 
For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. In the last temptation of Christ, when they were mocking him, come down if you be God, as you proclaim. Get down off that cross and show us your glory. Show us how much of God you are. You saved others. Oh, but God himself just ignored him. He thought of you and me and them and cried out and said, Father, forgive them. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. He even loved them. He even loved the ones who were enemies against him. Do you know if you're saved today? You were an enemy once of God, but he still saved you. There's not one man ever born, one woman ever born, that wasn't at one time an enemy of God, but he still loved you and forgave you just the same. That's our Lord and Savior. He was tempted for you. He was put to shame for you. In that last temptation, he bore it to the very end. You know, sometimes we give up too early as God's people. God has so many blessings waiting right at the finish line. And the devil at the last mile will cause you to give up. Giving up? What is giving up? Just taking your eyes off the cross. Sometimes we give up because we put our eyes on ourselves. I can't do it anymore. I messed up. Keep your eyes on the cross. I can't do it anymore. It's just too hard. Keep your eyes on the cross. I can't do it anymore. It's, it's too many attacks. You keep your eyes on the cross. For when you endure, you shall receive the crown of life that awaits you at the end. Though weeping may endure through the night, joy cometh in the morning. The Lord endured, and you know what was his life? He gave his life. His new life is us. You see, the whole realm of eternity of God consists of only but you and me. What does God have? Can God make more gold for himself? Yeah. Will that make him happy? No. What does God have? What does God live for every day? To hear our prayers. To hope that another soul gets saved. And when they do, all heaven stands up and shouts over one sinner that comes to glory. His life that he gained is us. Every thought is us. Every moment of eternity is us. From beginning to end is just us. God, are you sure you wanted to do this? Are you sure you wanted to get a person like me? He says, I want all of them. I want the small to the greatest 
the most wicked to the ones who think they're righteous. I want them all. I don't want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Christ could have surely came down from that cross. He had the power. The Bible says he could have called thousands of angels to come down, burn everyone to the ground and burn the world and, and declare judgment on this earth. No, but he's not that God. He's a merciful God. One day his judgment will come, as we read in Revelation. That is the judgment of Christ in that last day. And he's warned us from beginning to end. He continues to. But the greatest of this last temptation here of Christ is not that he had power to come down. Is that he had power to stay on the cross. It's easy to do what you don't want to do. Or easy not to do what you don't want to do. It's hard to do what's needful. And God knows that this was the only way to gain people to himself, to pay for our sin. And he had power to stay on that cross, to go through all those things for us, that one day he'll see you face to face if you receive him as your Savior. He has power to stay. And he has power to save. Are you saved today, Christian? Are you saved today, person? Are you walking with the Savior today, Christian? Let's pray. Father, I pray, Lord, and ask you for grace this morning. Lord, thank you for having power to stay on that cross, power over fear, power over death. Lord, And we know that if we are hid in Christ, we have that same power, power of life, power over death. I pray, oh God, if anyone here does not know the risen Savior, does not know the Lord Jesus Christ, does not know that their sins can be forgiven, I pray, Lord, that you'll please touch their heart. May no one leave here, Lord, unsaved. Lord, life is short. It is appointed a man once to die, and then after that, the judgment. May, Lord, you speak to their hearts. May my words not speak to them. May your words speak to their heart, Lord. Let it not return void, I pray. Lord, I pray for any Christian here that is saved, Lord. I pray, Lord, that uh, they will endure. They'll go through, that they may receive that crown of life in the end that they may not keep stumbling over the same sins, that they may walk with their Savior, walk in that newness of life, and have that joy and peace uh, that you would have them have. Bless this invitation in Jesus' name. Let's all stand. If God spoke to your heart, come on down. Maybe you're here today and you're not sure that you are saved. Salvation is so simple as being born again. It's a moment in your time that you take. God will stop all eternity to save you. You must be saved. You must be born again. You've never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Now's the time. Come down. Maybe you're not sure. Maybe there was something that happened in the past, but God spoke to your heart. 
and you're just not sure, I need to get saved. Make sure this morning. It's a decision of the heart. How do you know God speaks to the heart? God spoke to you. Don't ignore the Savior. He calls you. He calls you now. Maybe you're here today, you're saved, but you're going through some hard times. Have you ever tried asking Christ for your help? Have you remembered to pray? Jesus, let me say this, Jesus is the only one who will truly ever understand you. He's the only one. Don't make him your last resort. Go to him first. He lived for you. He died for you. He reigns for you. He's building a mansion for you. All that he does is for you. May we do something for him. Live for him. Let your life be pleasing for him. Surrender to him. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for bearing the shame of our sin on the cross. Thank you for bearing the temptations, Lord, for us. Thank you for bearing death. Lord, I pray that we'll look to you for all of our needs. In Christ, we are made complete, who is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. There is nothing more we need, Lord, in this life but you. May we all look to you today. Lord, thank you for all you've done for us. We lift the Savior up. In his name we pray, Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, God bless you. Remember Wednesday, we have church Wednesday night at seven, if you can make it. We're gonna have a hot dogs and burger fellowship afterwards, so come on out Wednesday, our prayer meeting service. God bless you, have a wonderful week. Don't forget to say hello to our visitors.